Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join us in the seventh step prayer. We're going to do the prayer a little slowly, one breath at a time, one line at a time, with a few breaths in between each line of the prayer to actually do what the prayer is asking us to do or not do what it's asking us to not do. So, for me, the first line of the prayer is the words, my creator. So I breathe in and I say to myself silently, my creator. And I take a few breaths and I continue repeating those words, my creator, over and over in my mind. And I just try to see what comes up for me around those, the idea of my creator. And when I'm ready, I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I am now willing that you should have all of me. Again, I take a few breaths and I question myself, really? Am I now willing that my creator should have all of me right now? And I breathe in the good and the bad. And I take a few breaths. And I look at my idea of what's good and what's bad. For me, I like to think about how many times I've gotten that wrong, the good and the bad. And I breathe out. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character. Again, I take a few breaths and I just see how comfortable I am with that idea. And I breathe in that stand in the way of my usefulness to you and to my fellows. And I take a few breaths and I consider the idea of me being useful to God and to my fellows today and what that might look like. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. And I take a few breaths. 
and I contemplate the idea of having God's strength, all strength, to go out from here to do God's bidding today. ready, you can gently open your eyes, take a moment now with your eyes open, connected to your breath going in and out of your body, and just take a moment and become conscious of the seeing that's happening now that your eyes are open. That seeing is happening through your eyes. Try not to get caught up in the story about what you are seeing but just being aware that you are seeing right now. How amazing is that? What I do is I just describe what I'm seeing to my higher power. Oh, I see some beads. I see a painting. I see a thermos. I see a book. I see the space between me and the wall. Okay. So I'm Randy, I'm alcoholic. Uh, What that means for me is that my body is allergic to alcohol. I can never ever drink alcohol successfully ever again, one day at a time today. Not because alcohol is good or bad, but because my body is allergic to it. That's it. Uh, The reason I'm allergic to alcohol is because I have a disease called alcoholism. It's a disease that centers in my mind. It's a disease that talks to me in my own voice. So I believe what it's saying. And it's a disease that manifests today, this day, after 35, over 35 years of being abstinent from alcohol and practicing principles to the best of my ability day after day, I still have alcoholism. I still have this self-talking, unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And I have to remember that. Because if I don't remember that, I go out into the world thinking that it's the world's fault that I feel the way I feel, and I try to change the world so that I could feel better, as opposed to working on me so I could feel better and leaving the world alone. (laughs) So I don't have to be in conflict with everybody and everything. And that's what this way of life is. The 12 steps is a way of life where I get to, in step 10, it says I cease fighting everyone and everything. Everyone and everything. I stop fighting. I stop arguing. I stop fault finding. And I do what it says at the end of the seven step prayer. I ask for its strength for the universe's strength, for this higher power strength to go out into the world to do what it would have me do in that world so that I don't have to be in conflict with everyone and everything. So I don't have to fight. So real quick, we're going to start the ninth step today. The ninth step says that I'm going to... uh, Sorry, my book is a little broken and it skips the ninth step. Make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So for me, step nine is, uh, for me, step nine is is a step for uh, grownups. Children can't take this step. Emotionally, I have been a child. I I heard a guy say at a meeting once, and I've stolen it because it's my favorite line ever. I tell people I may not have had the best childhood, 
but I have certainly had the longest one. <laughs> Step nine is the end of that childhood in regards to this. Until I do step nine, I have always blamed all of my bad behavior on you. And so even though I did some very bad things, it was never my fault. It was your fault. And I continue to do those bad things and I continue to blame them on you. And so in step eight, I make a list of all the people I've harmed. For the first time, I'm making a list of them instead of my list of the people that have harmed me because that's the way, that's my childlike attitude is you guys have all harmed me and I'm going to get you back for everything you ever did for me, to me. In step eight, I'm going to make a list of all the people that I've harmed and I'm going to just become willing to make amends to them. I do not make amends in step eight. It's just a list. And I talk that list over with another person before I do step nine, because I had a lot of things on my list that were not things I should ever make amends for. And there were people that were on my list that I couldn't make amends to because my amends would have harmed them worse than the first thing that I did to them or that I thought I did to them. So it's very important because this is a this is a way of life. It's very important to go through the steps with a sponsor, with a step guide, with a person that has been through the steps before with some guidance because the book says in, in how it works, that's read at every single meeting, it says that um, there uh, that those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. What I've found for myself is as an alcoholic with alcoholism, that I am constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself. And that's why I go through the steps with a sponsor, because I can't see who I am. I still am very challenged at seeing who I am. I can see who you are. I'm very good at seeing who you are, but I'm not very good at seeing who I am. And I still need help to see the truth about who I am and, and, and uh, who I owe amends to and who I've harmed. But I do get better at it through doing the steps and I get better at it each time I take someone else through the steps. Because each time I take someone else through the steps, I see deeper and deeper and deeper my character defects and my shortcomings and my, uh, my opinionated fault-finded mind, fault-finding mind. I see it through them, through each person that I've taken through the steps. And in step nine, I'm going to make direct amends. I'm going to go to the person directly and I'm going to make amends. For me, making amends means making it right. It doesn't mean saying, I'm sorry. I've done that my whole life. Whenever I got caught, and I got put in a corner and there was no way out, I would say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I'm sorry. I don't mean it inside, but I say it, that I'm sorry. And that's what you get for your amends. You get me saying, I'm sorry. And when I say, I'm sorry, that means that's it. You're never allowed to bring this up again. You're never allowed to hold it against me again. You're never allowed to reference this bad behavior ever again because I said, I'm sorry. When you say you're sorry, that's just the beginning of what you owe me for anything that you did to me. And you are not off the hook and you will be paying for whatever you did for months or years or decades until self decides that it's had enough. So... So in step seven, where the character starts to change, where I'm now no longer, step six is the end of the old character, where I become entirely ready to have God remove all of my defects, my delusions, and my fears, everything that I think I know up until this moment. And then in step seven, I start to become the new character where I'm now asking, I'm humbly asking it to remove my shortcomings where I fall short of being the person that I think it would have me be today. 
and then I make a list of all the people I've harmed because I have to go back and clear up the wreckage of my past. If I'm not going to be a fraud out in the world trying to be this person that I think God would have me be today to the people that I've harmed. So in step nine, I'm going to make direct amends to those people. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to do something for them that makes their life better because of the harm that I did to them before. That's what it means to make amends, not say I'm sorry. Saying I'm sorry is part of it, but it's not it. I have to pay the price because until I pay the price for my bad behavior, until I tell, look someone in the eye and tell them that I've lied to them over and over and over again about something, until I've paid the price for making that as right as I can with God's help, I do not know how much I hurt people. And I do not know how much it's going to hurt to go back to them and tell them again that I've lied to them, look them in the eye and tell them that, or that I stole from them, or that I deceived them, or that I manipulated them. But once I've paid the price, once I've done the thing that I have to do and I've had the humility of going face to face with the person, I become less, much, much, much less likely to do that bad behavior again in the, in the future. And so that's the beauty of step nine, because I become, not only do I become free of the past, of the shame and the guilt that I'm carrying around for the things that I've done, the harms that I've caused, but I also have the desire to cause more harms taken away because today I know what, it, what the price is for the harms that I did. So I'm just going to read a, a paragraph or two and then we'll open it up for sharing. Okay, step nine. Make direct amends. Make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Good judgment careful sense of timing, courage, and prudence. These are the qualities I shall need when I take step nine. Again, this is not a self-help program. So my good judgment is the judgment that I allow my higher power to show me. My careful sense of timing is based on my sharing the timing of doing this process with my higher power. The courage that I have to go and make these amends comes from my relationship with my higher power. And the prudence that comes out of this is built out of the relationship with my higher power. So I don't think I have a good... <laughs> well... I don't know. I don't think I have uh, great judgment on my own still. I'm not the judge. I cannot be the judge. I'm the wrong judge. Just like I can't restore myself to sanity, just like in the seven-step prayer, I'm giving everything to my higher power, the good and the bad, because I am not a good judge of what's good and what's bad. So all of these things are in this relationship with this higher power because in step seven, I have humbly asked it to remove my shortcomings. I'm humbly asking it to, to help me with my judgment, to help me with my timing, to help me with my courage. After I have made a list of people I have harmed, I read this in the first person, by the way, and this is on page 83 if you're following along. After I have made a list of the people I have harmed, have reflected carefully upon each instance and have tried to possess myself of the right attitude in which to proceed. I will see the making of direct amends divides those I should approach into several classes. So there's three classes. There will be those who ought to be dealt with just as soon as I become reasonably confident that I can maintain my sobriety. That would be the people that I live with. 
There will be those to whom I can only make partial restitution, lest complete disclosure do them or others more harm than good. And there will be other cases where action ought to be deferred. And still others in which, by the very nature of the situation, I shall never be able to make direct amends, direct personal contact at all. So I guess there's four. Those I'm going to make right away. Those I can only make a partial restitution to. Those where I ought to defer this for a while until I'm on a better footing and more willingness. And those I'm never going to be able to make personal direct amends because I can't find them or they may have passed away. Uh, so... That's what I have to say about the ninth step today. Uh, we're going to open the meeting up. I just want to say that my daughter, Sophia, is here today. And uh, she's been around this program for 23 years. <laughs> and she has five months today. I'm sorry to speak for you, but it's a beautiful day for me to have you here. And it's spectacular. And you're awesome. And thanks for coming. So the meeting's open for sharing. If you'd like to share, your, you can raise your digital hand and we'll call on you. If you do share, I record the meetings and we put the recordings up on a Spotify or on a podcasting sites and uh, people are downloading them. I think we've had like 30,000 downloads of 150 of these meetings over the last year and a half. So it's getting out there and people are really uh, uh, listening and uh, it's amazing. So thank you for that. And uh, so if you do speak and you don't ask me to stop the recording, it will be recorded. All right. So the meeting's open. Who would like to share? Marlon. Hi, Marlon. Hello, mate. Thank you so much. Um, I was just going to tell you and, and the people listening what a good boy I was um, <laughs> when I done my step nine years ago, and and I, and I was just going to tell you that I've been carrying my higher power and turning to it almost nearly all day, every day, mm. and. As, as you've been saying before, I have to do it just across the road to get the paper. But yet, I've spoke to my sponsor and I told him what a good boy I've been. And as we're speaking now, in my mind, I'm doing my step nine on my own. You know what I mean? It, it's like, you know, I'm going to write some things out and I'm doing it, Marlon's doing it instead of God doing it. And yeah, it's just, it's just amazing how uh, forgetful I can be. <laughs> I'm just glad to, to be here and really grateful to get a reminder. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Marna. All right, who's next? You guys are quiet today. Billy, did you raise your hand? Whoops. Where did you go? Unmute. Did you say my name? I did. did you, it looked like you had your hand raised. Yeah, I don't know all these buttons, how to, which one raises my hand, okay. but uh, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Billy. Thank you for everything. Um, I have a little experience recently with Step 9, which was, excuse my language, well, I won't say it, but it was incredible. It was, uh, you know, it was with my baby mama. It had to happen sooner or later. And, uh, but I got to tell you, like, um, I am tied to this person for a long, long, long time. This person is also an alcoholic. They, they did not make an amends. They never even said sorry for anything. Never acknowledged that they're part of anything. And so maybe I have a new resentment here. You know, at first it was great because I was face to face 
and then I got to get her input at the end, and it was really wonderful. She said, I forgive you, and gave me a hug, which I did not expect. You know, and I cried. I didn't think that, hope that didn't happen either. And a lot of the stuff that was on my amends kind of didn't exactly hit the point, but she was there to tell me really how she felt, and I was glad to be able to know that because it's important, right, for the future and the past and everything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this new little thing that's cropped up is like, um, I have, this person's in my life, and am I just supposed to ignore that they did me anything wrong and be loving for the rest of my life? And like, you know, what am I supposed to do here? I guess this is other steps that I've, our alcoholism. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that little piece there. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, were you asking a question? Sure, if you, if you can answer that. Um, <clears throat> I can't oh, okay. That. <laughs> no, that's no. A, I mean that is a that's an amazing question, right? Uh, what a, so the book says that we we uh, we leave the other person out entirely, right? This is my amends. So I'm only responsible for cleaning up my side of the street. I can't make you make your amends, and and so I get to let just just like. I let myself off the hook for my bad behavior. I have to let them off the hook for their bad behavior. Right? So, you know, and, and I can't do that on my own. I got to ask my higher power to help me to be loving and forgiving and, and accepting. And when this person is ready, I'm sure they'll make amends if, if they have some. They, they might not. I don't know because I wasn't there. Right? So I don't know if she owes you an amends or not. I know that alcoholism will say that they did because alcoholism is fault-finding and opinionated and and never satisfied. So (laughs) So I have to, uh, I just, I'm only responsible for cleaning up my side of the street. That's the beautiful thing about this. And uh, some people, some people don't like me even after I make amends to them, and some people never make amends back to me, and that's okay. It's none of my business. My business is to be the person that I think my higher power would have me be today. That's it. Susan? Hi. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Susan. I'm a drug addict and alcoholic. Thank Susan. you. I... Um... I have to make, I still have to make amends. And even on it, sometimes on a daily basis, just today, I, I did not make amends. I did say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Um, I didn't mean it. And I said, all right, God, I do. You know, I went to God again. Because, like you said, now I was focused on the other person. But it's not about the other person, it's about my side of the street. And a sponsor once told me when I was complaining, she said, well, because you have a program. Okay, I I do. Um, I do try to remember that. And I'm a work in progress. Um, I, I have poor judgment for sure. And without God, I can do nothing. Today's, this is my third meeting, so I can keep my mouth shut. I did go in between. I went to Rosh Hashanah. I did services. I went to God, and I have to work at this. I want to work at this. I do not want to be, I don't, do not want to be that person um, that I was and can be. So it is all about God. I know it's all about God. I'm like so so grateful and I will go to as many meetings as possible to keep hearing that so I appreciate it thank you thanks Susan Olivia hi I'm Olivia I'm an alcoholic hi Olivia um thank you for the meeting today and for the meditation um I thought I would share about my experience in my meditation um I was practicing the identifying the thought and I'm like actually used the whole sentence like um oh look there's a thought about whatever um and 
even one of them was like, oh, I can share about this in the meeting after like having the experience. And then I'm like, oh, look, there's a thought about what I want to share in the meeting. Um, and, um, but yeah, it was like, I had this kind of realization of like, maybe taking that into my daily practice. Cause my mind has been really, um, busy in my, you know, day to day. And, um, started a four step. So I'm not going to really share about the ninth step. I've done it before, but I'm just so like involved in this four step, but yeah, it's causing a lot of talk. Um, and so, yeah, I'm thinking about like how I can at least just add that part instead of like having, I know, I notice where, where my mind, I'm starting to not be present and I'm like washing the dishes and I'm thinking about either resentment or about like this thing that I'm like replaying a scenario that happened in a conversation, whatever it is. And then I'm like, Oh look, there, there I am doing it. And I'm like, God, can you please be with me? But the, that part of adding like, Oh look, there's a thought about this thing that happened in the past. I feel like will really help to like, remember that my mind is just talking to me and that I don't have to attach to it. Cause like what was happening in the meditation was like, I wasn't attaching. I was like, Oh look, there's a thought. And then I went back to my breath and there wasn't this like attachment. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I, I would love to have that, you know, regularly. And, um, because I find that my mind just, you know, a couple minutes later goes back to the same thing and it's frustrating. Like sometimes I'm literally like, Oh my God, please leave me alone. <laughs> like, I just want to be present so bad and like not replay these things that aren't even alive. Any like, it's not even happening anymore. Some of these people are not even in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm like giving my power over to the, the past. And, and it's honestly pretty, it's kind of painful, um, which, you know, and my sponsor's like, it's soul surgery. We're in it right now. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just like, you know, I'm holding on to the hope of, of, um, freedom and hopefully like, you know, you always, you know, talk about new character and I'm just like, I want this stuff to like fully go away. And that's why I'm diving as deep as I am. Um, and, and so I'm just so looking forward to, um, to that, to that like release and freedom, hopefully. And, um, yeah, so I'm just going to keep holding on and know that, you know, I, I have the knowledge that the program works. I just need to keep believing and like practicing the belief and practicing the trust of, um, my higher power. Yeah. The prayer was just so spot on. I'm like my creator, my creator feels so good. So, um, thank you so much for all being here. I'm so glad I came. Thanks, Olivia. That was such a great share. Cause you said exactly, that's exactly the, that's the, that's it. It's a way of life. It's not a, the meditation that we do and the identifying the self-talking mind is, is what we do sitting here in the quiet of the 20 minutes of nothing to do. But that's the, <clears throat> that's my life. When I'm washing the dishes and my mind is finding a resentment or coming up with ideas of what people owe me for washing the dishes, <clears throat> that's, that's where I get to say, oh, look, look, it's talking to me about what people owe me. All I have to do is wash this dish and then I can get back to the joy of washing one dish. It's so easy, so easy to wash a dish. It's so hard to wash a dish and talk to myself about what somebody owes me for washing the dish. <laughs> that is such a painful dish. So yeah, that's exactly, it's not, the meditation isn't to be done for 20 minutes. It's a way of life. That's a way of life to be constantly present with the breath and present in the moment and not self-talking. And every time that self-talk comes up to say, God, look, I'm talking to myself about this. Could you help me be here? Paul? Thank you. Um, Paul? Hi, Paul. Um, I think I think I have a question. Um, so, for me at least, I see that there's a kind of a subtle trap in the ninth step, in that 
I'm supposed to be making amends to another person, but there's a tendency I've noticed to get caught up in what I'm doing and make it about me. Uh, in other words, I'm doing this because I'm doing my ninth step and I'm going to then therefore be free of this um, responsibility or whatever it is. And it, it has a way of, um, well, it's really it's selfish, it's self-centeredness. It has a way of coloring or taking some of the, in my mind, the validity out of, out of the men. You know what I mean? Do you ever see that, or do you think that's um, something to be concerned about? Sure, absolutely. I see it all the time with, <laughs> I'll be sponsoring a person, and they want to take their ex out to dinner to make amends. <laughs> but it's not really about making amends. It's about reconnecting with the ex. <laughs> so... You know, it's like anything. You you can you can use these steps uh, to well. So my idea when I heard when I first came to the program and I heard that there's a power greater than myself that can help me, I was I was very interested in this power and figuring out how to get this power to help me get all the things I wasn't able to get on my own power. Right, and so that was the motivation behind getting a higher power was. Oh, if I pray right and in the right direction at the right time and to the right God, then I will get all the stuff I ever wanted. I just was, didn't know how to pray. And, uh, and so the same thing uh, with the ninth step. A lot of people use the ninth step to get back into relationships that they want to be in that they're not in. And uh, that's a great disaster waiting to happen. And then... Um, all of it, all of the steps can be done for selfish reasons. Hopefully, you know, with the guidance of a sponsor and being reminded over and over again, because the real, the real meat of the ninth step comes in the, this is what I think I did to you. If I missed anything, could you, could you let me know? And this is what I think I could do to help you. If there's something else you think you would like me to do, I'm open to that. And so it becomes more about serving the other person than serving myself than getting myself free. But the byproduct of making the amends is, is, is freedom from the bondage of self. It's freedom from the past. It just is. But at the same time, the person that I've harmed is also healed in a way. Especially like if I've been lying to them over and over and over again, and all of a sudden they get the they get back that they're not crazy, that what they thought was going on was going on, and they're not crazy, and they get their sanity back. Because we do that a lot as alcoholics with alcoholism. We lie a lot about what is not happening when it is happening. And uh, and we rob people of their of their reality of their sanity. <clears throat> so yeah, got to be careful uh, with all the steps. You have to be careful and have a have a step guide. Yes, the Phyllis and Annie House. Hi, hi, Randy. Annie here. I'm Phyllis, of course. And uh, you know, thank you for leaving on step nine today. You know, uh, it was just when you said that that, that step nine is really for grown-ups, and uh, uh, the, 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 it's a really important step because it's taken full responsibility for myself, uh, and there's no more excuses. And uh, it was all down to me, and it, and it's also too um, a way forward for me to to learn better communication with people. And stop dodging and diving and telling little white lies and protecting myself and you know all the all the big lies and all the small lies that, that, that I tell it's it's really kind of call to action to be able to communicate a lot better with people to say I'm doing this 
and I'm doing it because of this and how does that affect you and is it okay with you? Because the, the bottom line is I'm self-centered and I think that I can play people and I can spin them along and I can tell them a few little lies and I'll be all right. Um, but all it does is poison the relationship, uh, you know, drop by drop. Every time I do that, I kill relationships and I've killed so many relationships in, in my life that, that I regret. Um, and, uh, um, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, as I said, it's this kind of idea that, that it's time to grow up and be responsible for my actions right here, right now, all the time. Uh, and I'm not walking away from the past and bringing the past with me, you know, as, as a reminder. This is what I am. This is what I do. Um, and uh, I don't really want that great kind of ego deflation that goes with step nine. You know, to say, how, how did I, this is how I thought I hurt you, but maybe there was something totally different going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember doing a step nine with somebody and it was, uh, I thought that um, I, um, that, that they had dropped me and it was because of my bad behaviour. And they said, no, you were, you were the one who dropped me. I didn't drop you. And this was a complete revelation to me. <laughs> but... You know, it's it's self-delusion, isn't it? Self-deception. And it's one of these things that has to stop. I have to stop doing this. I have to stop letting myself on off the hook. Mm -hmm. And and start 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 understanding that my actions have consequences. And if I want something or I think of something, it's up to me to express that in an appropriate manner to a person honestly and compassionately, you know, with, with love and tolerance um, as kind of keystone to that, instead of me trying to angle, angle to get my will and manipulate, which is my default settings and I'll call it. Anyway, thank you very much. Thanks, Annie. Okay. Dee Dee. Oh, Phyllis doesn't want to share. I don't know, Phyllis, did you want to share too? No? Okay, Dee Dee, you're up. Okay, uh, Didi alcoholic and drug addict. And first I want to say, Sophia, welcome to the meeting. <laughs> uh, I was noticing the last name, so, um, and then Randy said it, so welcome. Um, and, you know, this is not like a nine-step thing, but one time I bumped into somebody and I said, I'm sorry, and, uh, and they were upset. And I said, you know what, I take that back. <laughs> And, uh, and that's usually how I do things, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I take it back saying I'm sorry. But um, uh, the ninth step for me, you know, like I have a son and I talk about Omar a lot. And as a matter of fact, he's going to be visiting me on Wednesday. And, uh, and you know, my son, I said, you know, a lot like I, he was born on Methadone. So, you know, right from the start, I felt like you know, when I got sober, I got sober and he was seven, that, uh, yeah, I was going to make amends to him, right? And and we have grown to a relationship that, that uh, you know, like I try to make amends to him, but like you said, he was still angry at me. And I had to, like, give him the dignity of his anger, and I couldn't handle it at times, especially living in the same roof, you know? And... Um, and, and like he knew about my past because, you know, um, the times I hit him and the times I, uh, I, you know, he would come into my room and say, mom, I'm, I'm hungry. And I would say, go get me a beer. And he remembered those things. And those things are the ones that I had to handle him telling me and me not get like, well, you know, get over it. I'm sober now. You know, you should be, you know, thanking the lucky stars that this is happening in my life. And, you know, and, and it's been so interesting to, because I cannot handle his anger. I mean, I'm handling more, you know, but I couldn't at that time. And, and he's going to come and visit me. And, and, uh, and I want to, you know, and he's never gotten sober, right? <laughs> and I always think that I have worked on my recovery to change you know, my biggest dream is that he would be Sophia right now. Mm. And he would be at a meeting and I'd be able to say, my son is here. That, mm. that, that I would share a meeting and he would be the speaker and I would introduce him. Mm. And 
he's Omar and he's going to say all these great things about me. <laughs> and, and that hasn't happened. And I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. So what am I left to do? What am I left to do is to love him anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, to love him. And, and um, anyway, so he's coming to visit me and I, I, I want to love him. And because he already told me, oh, I'm planning to go out with some people, you know, maybe not drink a lot. And I was like, you know, and uh, and what about if he does, you know? Um, he's not staying with me. So anyway, so a- anyway, it's good to be here. I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Dee. Nice to see you. Jeff? Jeff, I'm alcoholic. Hi, Jeff. Hey, good to see you all. Good to be here. And I just thought I would check in and... Um, uh, and share a little bit about my experience with the ninth step. And for me, the hardest thing about the ninth step is changing my behavior. Um, and I think you mentioned this, you know, that it, it's not just saying you're sorry, it's making it right, you know, and it's amending my behavior. It's not behaving in the same way. Um, if I say I'm sorry, and then I do the same thing to you again and again and again, it's meaningless. It's just words. Um, and as challenging and as uncomfortable um, as, you know, the sit-downs, um, some of the sit-downs with people have been, right, to sit down and admit the wrongs I have done and, you know, sit across the table from my ex-in-laws who knew all of my horrible behavior towards, towards their daughter, you know, um, or the guy that I used to work for who I wouldn't show up at work when, because of my active addiction and alcoholism. Um, it was uncomfortable to pick up the phone and make the arrangements to, to travel to these people, to see them, to sit down with them, to own my behavior. The difficult thing has been, you know, the, the changing of the behavior because those old behaviors are so deeply rooted in who I am that I, I can I slip back into them so easily. You know, this is change of character. This is about a personality change, being able to do, feel, and believe that which we could not before on our unaided power. So I need to be able to, uh, in order to have a change, uh, you know, I need to act that way. And that has been living a life for 35 years a certain way and then expecting that a situation will arise and I will just know how to handle it differently. This is where the, for me, where the, the rubber has met the road, the growth, the, the, the difficulty that continued, you know, uh, the, the continued challenge, the behaving in the same way and then having the same experience, you know, yeah. and then having to make an amend again. Um, uh, but that's what this program for me is about, is about becoming a new man, behaving in ways I didn't used to behave. And that's the steps are a process that show me just how to do that. I need to practice them in order to develop the, you know, like when someone works on a jump shot, they take the jump shot over and over and over and over until it becomes the new muscle memory. And that's, that's what this is for me. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Sophia. Hi, Sophia, addict, alcoholic. Hi, Sophia. <laughs> uh, Dee Dee, I just have to tell you that I have been angry at my father for 23 years. <laughs> and uh, we have not made amends, but we have begun to coexist. Mm-hmm. And it's been really great, <laughs> but I have been very mad at him my whole life. And he was sober for 12 years before I was born. So I didn't have to fetch him a beer to be mad at him. (laughs) Um, I am happy to be here today. It's nice to be on the other side of one of my dad's meetings. I used to be seven with my headphones in (laughs) waiting for the meeting to be over. And now I am an active participant and uh, it's changed my life to be sober. And I haven't actually done any of the steps. I've gone to three meetings in five months because 
I have a lot of resistance <laughs> because of the way that I grew up. But I think maybe I might do the steps one day. Awesome. And maybe I will make amends. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks, Sophia. Welcome. All right. Zoe, you got a minute. Hi, everybody. Namaste. Zoe, alcoholic. Namaste, Zoe. So, I, uh, so I'm, I'm doing my, of course, doing my steps again. Probably the fifth, fourth time since I've been sober. But one thing, you know, in most of the meetings I've been going to the last week or so, they're all about the ninth step because it's September mm. and we talk about the ninth step. But what I'm realizing, and I think what's really important for me to say, Randy, is that for myself, I've really got to embrace step seven mm -hmm. over and over and over again because I am not humble by nature. Mm -hmm. And I think that making our amends to people, saying that we were wrong and how can we make it better, please forgive me, mm -hmm. takes a great deal of humility. And the ego, my ego, it's probably the worst thing to do to the ego. And um, so I'm constantly saying the seven-step prayer. I say, I was thinking about the set-aside prayer. And um, especially important to me is to try really hard to remove myself from blaming others. Because that's another thing, my ego and my alcoholism, that's the default. If someone, if I apologize to someone, I'm always thinking, but it's your fault too. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about that. We have to stay out, out of that. It has nothing to do with the mess. So um, anyway, that's all I wanted to share. And thank you so much for everyone being here. And welcome, Sophia. <laughs> sweet, sweet presence. Thank you so much. Namaste. Thank you, Zoe. Okay, Phyllis, you're going to have to wait till after the prayer. I don't have to work today, so I can hang around for a while if anyone wants to hang around. But that's all the time we have for the regular meeting, and then uh, we'll do the after meeting. So if you uh, would just take a moment of silent meditation for the alcoholics who are still suffering in and out of these rooms, and then I'll make it so you can all unmute yourselves, and we'll do the serenity prayer together. Okay, if you'd like to, you can unmute yourself. And God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and now let's say it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> of course not backwards. <laughs>